Hey Vine Church, it's Easter Sunday. The Lord has risen. We are excited. And this is a very special edition of Church Everywhere. You know, never did I think uh, that we wouldn't be able to gather together for an Easter weekend celebration. But here we are, uh, gathered online throughout Hong Kong and around the world uh, on this weekend. And it's kind of like a a bit of a new normal for us, isn't it? As we're trying to remain physically distant from one another and yet socially and spiritually connected. Uh, And I I think it's tempting actually to to view these kind of church everywhere experiences and particularly this Easter weekend as kind of second best and, and think, oh, Wouldn't it be better if we were actually in the building worshiping together? I want to offer a unique perspective for us as a a word of encouragement to us right at the front of our Church Everywhere experience this weekend. And and here's the thought. Actually, when when Jesus went to the cross, when He paid for our sins, and when He rose uh, again three days later, He actually did so to create something new, to create a community that would become to be understood as a resurrection community. And this community was embracing a new narrative, understanding that in Christ's resurrection, the old narrative of sin and death was done and a new narrative of life and life abundant had come in this resurrection of Christ. And we are that resurrection community. And so the purpose of Easter always was not so much that we would just gather together to celebrate that new narrative as a small select group of people, The idea of Easter was that we would be a people sent, sent into the brokenness of the world with that new narrative. And and so it's interesting to think that although right now we're in our homes, we're actually in our homes embedded in in apartment buildings and and neighborhoods and complexes all around our city of Hong Kong. And so in many ways, we're actually living out Easter this weekend more than perhaps we ever have. We are embedded with a narrative of hope and life in the brokenness of the communities around us right now. Wherever you are watching this, you are a person of Easter, found in a context in which you can bring that new narrative of hope to the people and neighbors around you today. And so in some ways, I think we can celebrate that although, yes, we do long to be together, I long for us to gather and worship as a community once more, but... But actually this Easter, as we're forced to be physically distant, perhaps we're actually living out that Easter message more truly than we ever have. And I think that's something to celebrate and be excited about today. As we celebrate Easter today, let's remember that actually the story of that weekend takes place in two significant moments. There is the moment of the cross of Good Friday and then the moment of that empty tomb on Easter Sunday. And if you haven't done so already, I want to really encourage you to actually check out the resource that we released two days ago for Good Friday. It's an audio podcast that we've put out to help you to actually journey into the tragedy and the weightiness of that moment when Jesus went to the cross to pay for our sins. And we want to help you to actually embed yourself into the feelings of that day, to journey in prayer to a place of repentance as we reflect around the the incredible cost that Jesus paid on that Friday. So if you haven't done so, get on, uh, grab that resource. Uh, It's available on our Facebook page, on our website, as well as our YouTube channel.
You know, Easter is also a time of celebrating with family, and I'm sure there's a bunch of kids that are actually watching this right now. Hey kids, it's great to have you with us. We, we really pray and hope that you'll enjoy celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today. And to help you with that, our amazing team at KFC have put together some great resources for you. They've actually got a pack of information that contains some great activities that you can do as a family today. So go onto the website, uh, download that pack, and join in some of those activities together and I think you'll find in doing that you'll have a lot of fun celebrating Jesus's resurrection together. Now also if you're watching this before 11 o'clock on Easter Sunday morning well we actually have a KFC live Zoom meet at 11 o'clock and we want to encourage as many kids as possible to jump onto that Zoom uh, join us live at 11 o'clock and our KFC teachers will be there to help you to worship and celebrate uh, Jesus's resurrection. Uh, you can find out information about that Zoom call uh, from uh, this part of our website. There is something really special about being able to worship together on Easter Sunday. And as we move into this worship time now, I want to invite you to do so, uh, not as a, an observer, but as a participant. Uh, and uh, the way you could do that is just by entering in whatever way is comfortable for you. It might be for you to close your eyes and just uh, allow yourself to, to worship that way. It might be to open your hands or to raise your hands. It might be to sing out loud. It might be uh, to simply just pray and allow the worship team to worship over you. Whatever it is that enables you to enter in, that's the important part of what we're about to do, entering in together with the resurrection spirit of God here on Easter Sunday. Paul uh, writes about the resurrection in a number of places and perhaps the most profound is in 1 Corinthians 15. And I want to read you a passage as we come into this time of worship together. This is found in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 20 to 22. It says this, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of those that have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, so also the resurrection from the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will now be made alive. We are this generation of people who have been made alive by the resurrection spirit of Christ. And so as we worship together today, we do so from that position of life. And may our worship be true. May it be valuable to the Lord's eyes and ears. And may we be able to speak life out as we thank him for the life he's given us. Let's pray together as we come into worship. Father, I just want to lift up each person that's listening to this online. Father, we, we come into this moment here, again, not as observers, but as participants. And Father, we know that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is also alive in us in this moment. And I want to pray, Lord, that as we enter in together, as we sing, as we open our hearts to you, as we slow down, as we breathe, as we receive what it is that you have for us today, May our, our praise be this offering, this fragrant offering before you. May our words and our songs and our life celebrate the fact that because of your resurrection, we have hope. And Lord, as we read in that passage, we pray that we would come more alive, more alive in the hope of your beauty informing and changing and transforming us and more alive as the people of Easter to bring the message of hope into the world around us. Lord, this is our time. It's our time to connect, to love, to worship, and to experience you in us in new and fresh ways. So we just come. We come to this time of praise. 
We come to this time of celebration. We come to this time of offering our hearts to you with expectation, expectation that you would speak to each of us now. Come, Holy Spirit, come.
Shout. 
Father, we just lean into this thought of the power of your name right now. Father, we're just so grateful that you've met us in this moment and in this time. And Lord, we're thankful that in your name is salvation. In your name is the power of the resurrection that we're celebrating today. And Lord, I want to pray for anybody who's listening to this right now. Anybody who's in need afresh of the power of the resurrection in their lives in this moment. Lord, it's been a difficult last few months for all of us. And we know that the next few months ahead are also going to be challenging. And, and so, Lord, for anyone in this moment uh, who is in need of that spirit of the resurrection to fill them with joy, fill them with hope, fill them with peace in this moment, Lord, I want to pray that you would come, that you would come for every home and household. Lord, that you would come for every marriage and family. Lord, those that are sick right now that are listening to this, we want to pray for the resurrection power of health and life to be at work. Lord, we want to pray for, for our doctors and our nurses, those that are, are working on the front lines of this battle with this virus and those that are tired and exhausted in that. Lord, we pray the resurrection power of Jesus in them right now. Lord, I, I want to pray for, for anyone who's been struggling with anxiety or stress or, or is just in need of, of the peace of Christ on Resurrection Sunday. Lord, again, your name, your name has the power and the ability to shift and to change circumstance, uh, to, to renew and to bring new life. So we pray your name right now for every single person that needs it. And we expect and we know that the power of your resurrection wasn't just for an event some 2,000 years ago, but by your spirit is an event that we can all experience right now. And we pray that this would be released over us as a church in the name of Jesus. Everybody prays. Amen. Amen. One of the things I want to really honor you all in as the Vine Church community is in the way that you've remained so faithful in your tithing and giving in such a challenging season for us. You know, we've been now doing church everywhere for seven weeks and uh, in the month of March, uh, we saw such faithful giving to us. And, uh, and so I just want to be grateful on Easter Sunday uh, for your generosity and for you continuing to commit to your, your faithful Christian stewardship of giving. And for those of you that are, are, are wondering how you can still continue to do that. Uh, we've got a number of online avenues and pathways for you to be able to give financially to uh, the Vine in this season. Uh, do check out all those resources. Take a look at the ways in which we've set up uh, structures online for you to give. Uh, and we thank you once again for joining in, not just with worshiping with song and with your mouths, but also worshiping with the resources that God has given you, recognizing uh, that you're not an owner of those resources. You're a steward. So thank you, church. We so honor and appreciate you all. The message of hope and joy that we have at Easter is perhaps the greatest message that's ever been told. And today I'm so super excited that we have Pastor Ellison with us uh, bringing the word to us today. Uh, here at The Vine, we've always said that we're about the next generation and raising up the next generation. But, you know, I think Ellison and the other men and women on our preaching team here at the church, they're not next generation. They're this generation. They're the people that God has raised up to bring his word to us in this time. And I know that Ellison's uh, got a great word on his heart for us today and, and one that I want to encourage you to open up your heart to. Uh, grab a Bible, uh, grab your journal, um, get ready for what the Lord wants to say to you as we open the scriptures together here on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter Church. As I come before you guys on Easter Sunday, it's such an honor and a privilege to speak to everyone. 
And on the surface, it might look like I'm just speaking to a camera. It's just another episode of Church Everywhere. But in reality, I know it's not. Because what I see before me isn't just cameras and lights and all this stuff, as amazing as that is. But I see people worshipping. I see children running around as they worship through play. I see Promise and his team leading us in worship. And I see you guys raising up your hands as we lift our spirits and our voices up to worship God together. And yes, a bit later on, I'll probably even see some of you guys falling asleep. But what I can't see today is what you're wearing, which is probably a good thing because some of you guys are probably still in your pajamas right now. But, you know, that got me thinking, um, you know, one of the advantages we have of staying at home in this season is that we cut off one of the biggest decisions we have every morning. What am I going to wear today? Now I know what you're thinking. Alison, you look pretty good. What are you wearing today? This, my friends, is direct from the Gap outlet shop um, somewhere in the middle of Japan when I went some time ago. 50 Hong Kong dollars. Oh, yeah. But let me ask you a question. If you were coming to church today, if we were having a live service on this Easter Sunday, what would you have worn? What would you be wearing? You know, clothes and fashion play such a big part in our everyday lives. Even in a church office, here at The Vine, we celebrate something called Floral Thursdays. That's right, every Thursday, all us as staff, we try to wear something flowery to celebrate Floral Thursdays. And it's quite fun. But it's not just in our lives. Uh, Throughout Scripture, clothing often plays a really important part in the story God is trying to tell. God creates the first clothes for Adam and Eve in order to help them cover up their shame and nakedness after their sin. Joseph is given this beautiful coat by his father Isaac, which makes his brothers jealous. The Levitical priests are given these elaborate clothes and ornaments to wear as they carry out their sacraments and their sacrifices. And the Bible even tells us that as the Israelites were wandering through the desert, their clothes never wore out, which makes the Sinai collection the most durable collection of clothing ever worn. And as we turn to God's word on this special day, this theme of being clothed in something amazing is what God wants to speak to us about. So I invite you to grab your Bible or follow on the screen as we read Psalm 30 together. Psalm 30 says this, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me at the depths and did not let my enemy gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Here, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. It's been a really tough season for our city church. 
months and months of social unrest followed now by this virus. And I know it's stating the obvious, but I felt like I needed just to be honest about how I'm feeling today. And to be honest, I'm feeling scared. I felt nervous. And I've probably spent far too long looking at the news and not enough time spending with God. However, in the midst of all this, there's also been great things that I've been able to celebrate. A couple of months ago, we found out that my wife is pregnant and we're expecting a baby soon. And a few of our friends are expecting the same. I've heard so many heartwarming stories and seen videos of people loving and caring for each other, especially for those who are more vulnerable. In the middle of this darkness, there are and still things that are worth celebrating. And that's just life, isn't it? A pendulum swing from suffering to joy and celebration and everything in between. And sometimes it feels like we're just stumbling along until we end up where life leads us. And we're really not sure where that's going to be. But today, we're celebrating Easter. And the amazing thing about Easter is that it meets us where we are. Whether it's in the greatest celebration of your life right now, or if you're down in the pits of despair, Jesus meets us there and reassures us that his presence will always be there with us and for us. King David was a person that knew full well about the dark and difficult things in life that we might face. This was the man who penned the words, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And in Psalm 30, it seems as though he's facing something quite similar. Look at some of the words David uses to describe the, the situation that he finds himself in. There were enemies that were looking for uh, an opportunity to mock him. He is sick and in need of healing. He is descending into the pit. He's experiencing the anger of God. He's rejected and terrified. He's crying out for mercy. He's in a state of lamenting and mourning. It's interesting then that these thoughts and feelings similarly were experienced by Jesus in the hours leading up to his death on the cross. Remember back to what happened? In these last hours of Jesus' life, he was let down by his disciples who couldn't even stay up to stay awake long enough to pray with him. We see him stressed out begging his heavenly Father for mercy, so much so that he started sweating blood. In fact, Jesus even prayed that if it were possible that this hour would pass from him, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me, yet not what I will, but you will. Maybe he was thinking about the story of Abraham and Isaac, that God would come through clutch in the last minute and provide a way out for him but there wasn't a different plan. Instead, he was betrayed by one of his own disciples. He was denied by one of his best friends. He was given an unfair trial, mocked, beaten, and crucified on a cross and left to die. Like David, Jesus knew the full horrors of darkness where there was no sign that hope would ever arrive. So now that you've heard about Jesus' experience, and you've heard about King David's experience, my question today is this, what about you? What are some moments in your life where you felt as though all hope was lost? Where have you felt as though mourning had wrapped itself around you? And some of you might know our story in, in uh, fostering. Last year, we were privileged to have the opportunity to foster the most amazing baby boy. 
Now, we knew at the very beginning that this was just a fostering season of our lives, that this baby boy would have to transition out of our family at some point. But somewhere in those months that he was with us, there came a little spark of an opportunity. Maybe, just maybe, there was a hint of possibility that he could stay with us forever. And so I put my whole hope into this fact happening. I started praying, I started fasting, I asked the people around me to pray, I talked to all these different people, I made deals with God saying, God, if you would let this happen, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But in the end, it didn't work out. What about you? Social unrest, protests, sickness, cancer, miscarriages, a failed marriage or relationship, the loss of job and finances, and now we have this virus pandemic that's gripped the whole entire world. Each day, it seems like we have to endure more bad news, more infections and more deaths. And that's just for us who are privileged enough to maybe keep some distance from what's happening. Think about those who are most vulnerable right now. There is no escape from them in this situation. How are they feeling? What's been difficult has been made even worse. Never in my life have I heard the words quarantine, self-isolation and social distancing used so much. It's as if fear and, and hopelessness has clothed the whole entire world. And when we're in the middle of such seasons in life, as David says in Psalm 30, the sorrow lasts for the night. And we're all left ourselves asking, when is this horrible, dark and sorrowful night going to end? See, when these problems come, we need to find a solution, right? So now the question becomes, where do we turn in times of trouble? One of these things, these seasons of darkness and mourning show us is that many of the things we put our trust in cannot really be trusted. Just look at our own city, for example. At one point, we went from one of the number one shopping destinations in the world to not even being able to find toilet paper and rice on our supermarket shelves. In Psalm 30, David too realizes the foolishness of trusting in the wrong thing. He says in Psalm 30, verse 6, In my confidence, I said, I will never be upended. This was David trusting in his own ability and his power. And maybe in your own seasons of darkness, in your own seasons of hopelessness, you've also been trying to navigate your way out through your own strength and through your own wisdom. I know this has been true for my life. When I felt those long, sorrowful nights, when I've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death, there have been so many things I try to clothe myself in, to distract myself, anything that will take away what I'm truly feeling. I've tried to get through with distractions, keep myself busy with work, consume a ton of media, tell myself, just be stronger, just be better. But all the while, inside, I know I'm drowning. It feels as though I'm falling into a pit. And time and time again, though, scriptures warns us against this. It warns us against putting our faith in ourselves and in the things of this world because these things are only temporary. And in Psalm 30, David comes to this moment of clarity after he realizes that everything good he has comes from God's good favor and his grace and his love and his mercy. And that without God, he will always be in a state of fear, of isolation, of rejection and insecurity. 
But David also realizes that it's his sin, in fact, that's what's caused this separation between him and God. And he turns away from himself and instead cries out to God for mercy and for forgiveness. Listen to what he says. O Lord, in your good favor, you made me secure. Then you rejected me and I was terrified. To you, O Lord, I cried out. I begged the Lord for mercy. Sin separated David from God and sin continues to separate us from God today. But here's the parallel I noticed to the Easter story. As Jesus is nailed to the cross, he too feels the pain of separation from his heavenly Father. He feels the sting of death and sin, even though he never sinned himself. And it was on the cross that Jesus sacrificed his life to take on the consequences of sin. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He bore our sins on his body on the tree. And this causes him to feel like God has rejected him. And on the cross, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In their brokenness, in the moments of deepest pain and despair and hopelessness, both Jesus and David cry out to God for help. But this is good news. It's good news because it lets us know that today, in our moments of pain, in our moments of despair, when we feel like we're clothed in mourning, when we have sin that we want to confess and tell to God, like David, we can cry out to God for mercy. And the most beautiful thing is, church, that God responds. And he responds not in condemnation, not in rejection, but he responds in love, in grace, in help, in rescue. He responds, as the psalm says, by removing our sackcloth and instead clothing us with joy. In this biblical time, sackcloth was this really coarse, dark material that was heavy and really, really uncomfortable to wear. Very itchy. But Jesus steps in and says, you don't have to wear sackcloth anymore. And this is what Psalm 30 is really about. Look back again with me at the psalm because this time though, Notice the triumphant language that David uses to describe how God has rescued him. He says, You have lifted me up. You have not allowed my enemies to gloat over me. You have healed me. You pull me up. You rescue me from the grave. Sorrow may be for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You made me secure. You turned my lament into dancing. And yes, you have removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. You see, the primary focus of Psalm 30, it's not about how terrible life can be. The primary focus of Psalm 30 is David testifying that, yes, life can get tough, really tough sometimes, but we have a God who rescues and saves. Remember what I told you earlier about our journey of fostering? While God might not have answered our prayer in the way that we expected him to or that we wanted him to, but he has answered our prayer. You see, our prayer was that we would stay involved in Sam's life, that he would grow up to be a healthy, awesome young boy. And that's exactly what's happened. Sam's been adopted into this beautiful family that loves him and he's growing and he's thriving. And this family has actually invited us to continue to be a part of his life. And now we get the joy of celebrating our own child, as I told you earlier. 
And this is exactly what the message of Easter is about as well. God rescuing people into hope and joy in the most unexpected ways. Just like Psalm 30 isn't a story about David's failure and defeat, the story of Easter isn't this sad story about how Jesus died, was buried, and never to be seen again. If that is the case, then like Paul says, our preaching to you is useless, and so is your faith. But the story of Easter proclaims that even though Jesus was crucified, died, buried in the tomb for three days, even though the enemy thought that Jesus' death would give him an opportunity to gloat, this wasn't the case. Jesus was raised from the dead, just as David is raised out of the pits of despair. Jesus was lifted out of the grave by the Father's power. The cross that the enemy thought would give him an opportunity to gloat instead becomes the means by which he is defeated. For three days, it seemed as though all hope was lost. But on the morning that Jesus was resurrected, there was great joy. The journey from lamenting to dancing, from sorrow to joy, from darkness to light, this is exactly what the Easter story is about. And this is good news for you. It's good news because it means that for us as Christians in our faith, it tells us that we can embrace this hope as well. It's not that becoming followers of Jesus magically erases all our problems and troubles away. We've seen today that Jesus himself had to walk through some really tough times in his life. But our faith lets us know that we have a Savior who knows what it feels like to be in the depths of despair. He knows what the sting of death and sin feels like. He knows what it feels like to mourn, to wear sackcloth. But he's with us every single step of the way. And now he has overcome death itself in order that we too may hold on to this hope. You can be clothed in joy. You can throw off your sackcloths of mourning because Jesus is alive. And like David declares in this psalm, our old clothes of mourning and sackcloth can be thrown off and in replacement, God gives you his joy. We see this happening quite literally on the day Jesus was resurrected. One of the interesting features in these accounts of Jesus' resurrection is that when the disciples got to the tomb, all they saw was the burial clothes, the strips of linen that Jesus had left behind in the empty tomb. The grave clothes that had been on Jesus' body was all that was left. Why? Because he didn't need them anymore. This is what the angels tell the woman who were first on the scene of Jesus' tomb. Why do you look for the living among the dead, the angels say? He is not here. He has risen. Those cloths and linens you see, church, were to do with death and defeat. But now, Jesus is alive. The mourning and the pain that the followers felt on Good Friday was also lifted and replaced with joy when they saw the resurrected Saviour and friend. In the same way, the clothes of despair and mourning, the sackcloth that you, that myself, and that the world seems to find itself wrapped in right now, this isn't what Jesus wants us to wear. These long, dark nights will be met with the joy of seeing the light of the morning. The sackcloth we feel wrapped around us will be replaced by Jesus' clothes of joy. And when we're clothed with joy, 
It's like we're given a brand new identity. Just like Jesus didn't need his old grave clothes anymore, our old clothing of mourning don't mark us anymore. I can wear joy because Jesus is alive. I can wear joy because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. So when someone asks me what I'm wearing today, it's not just a $50 shirt from the Gap outlet. I'm clothed with joy. You see, Scripture tells us that joy is actually a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 tells us this, For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This means that as you're covered in joy, you also have all these things, the fruit of the Spirit, growing inside of you. As you embrace joy, you can have peace, you can have hope, you can have patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Friends, this is how God wants us to live. Not under the burden of sin and fear and in our self-confidence, but with the Holy Spirit growing inside of your hearts. And when we embrace this, there's only one response that's appropriate. There's only one thing we can do, and that is give praise to God for what he has done. This is why David ends this psalm by saying, So now my heart will sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will always give thanks to you. For David, there's no other choice. What God has done for him is so amazing that he has to tell somebody, he has to express himself. I mean, isn't the news that someone loved you enough to die for you, to sacrifice himself for your sins, something you want to share with everyone else? Isn't the fact that even as we walk through these seasons of being rocked by the things life throws at us, there is someone who is there with you, and not only there with you, able to rescue you out of the most hopeless situations, a message that the whole world needs right now. So church, we hold on to this hope. Jesus is alive. And for this reason, we can throw off our garments of mourning. And instead, my prayer is that Jesus meets us where we are and clothes us with his joy. Now, as you've been listening to this message, for some of you, it might be the very first time today that you're praising God. Because as you've been sitting there, God's been speaking to you. And as you've been listening, it's the first time you felt like, I want to confess my sin to God. It's the first time you want to talk to Jesus and ask Him for mercy and for forgiveness. It's the first time you're deciding, I'm going to fully trust Jesus with my life. It's the first time you're calling on Jesus to come and rescue you from where you are. You felt something different. You felt as these old clothes have been thrown off and you felt the warmth and the comfort and the joy of Jesus being wrapped around you instead. And if right now that's you, this is awesome. And you're making that decision to say, I want to follow Jesus today. It's amazing. And this is a lifelong journey that I promise you're not going to regret. And it starts, this journey starts with a very simple prayer. So like I said, if that's how you're feeling right now, all you need to do is repeat with me. Look on the screen and say these simple words after me just to let Jesus know how you feel. 
So pray with me. Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice of your life. I confess my sins before you, and I ask for your mercy and forgiveness. Thank you for rescuing me from my sin and dying for me on the cross. I now choose to follow you with my life. I ask that you would remove my clothes of mourning and instead cover me with your joy. Thank you for your love. In your beautiful name, I pray. Amen. That's amazing. So sweet. And if you've just prayed that prayer, we love you and we congratulate you. But this is just the first step. Your relationship with Jesus, it's a journey that's going to last you your entire life. And we want you to reach out to us. In a minute, Pastor Andrew is going to give you some avenues of how to do that. But just for right now, we want to say welcome to God's family. We're so glad that you've made that decision. But now for those of you, maybe like me, you've been walking with Jesus for some years now. But because of the season and because of what's been happening in our city, your faith has been wavering a little bit. You felt like, oh, I've been sitting in the dark for so long now. When's this going to end? And this sackcloth that you've been wearing is feeling heavy and itchy and uncomfortable. My prayer is that today, today you've been reminded of the hope that Easter brings. That yes, even though times are tough, Jesus is risen and he's alive. And because of that, our hope is alive. Joy will come in the morning. So church, we join in with our new brothers and sisters and continue to lift our eyes up and continue to praise God for what he has already done and embrace that hope that he gives to us that our sackcloth will be turned into garments of joy and praise. And so I want to pray for you too. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit falls fresh on you in this time. I pray that not only does he comfort you with his joy, but he inspires you, allows you, gives you wisdom, gives you, gives you creativity to reach out to others who desperately also need to know this joy in this moment, to walk with them in the lamenting so that true hope may dwell in their hearts as well. So happy Easter, church. Jesus is risen. Death is defeated. I pray that he clothes you with his joy. And now, as King David did at the end of this psalm, let's join in with the worship team and praise his holy and beautiful name together.
So super grateful for Ellison and the word that he just brought us. I know that's touched many of us. And you might be uh, one of those people that were watching online today and you gave your life to Jesus for the very first time. You prayed that prayer that Ellison led you in. Uh, and we're so excited that you are now a part of the worldwide Christian family. And we want to actually journey with you in that decision. You know, that prayer is the way that you enter into salvation with Christ, but there is a whole life ahead of you, a whole journey that we want to come around you and help you in. So we want to hear from you. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, uh, please go to our care section on our website to the web address that's here on the screen now. Uh, and we want you just to fill in a very quick form, send it in to us. And one of our pastors and one of our support team, they're going to follow up with you personally uh, so that we can connect with you, uh, hear about your life journey so far and put some resources in your hand to help you to journey in uh, your newfound faith. And we're really excited on Easter Sunday to be able to do that. So jump on, uh, send us your details, and we'll be in touch with you very shortly. For all of us, uh, what an amazing time it's been to be able to gather and worship around the Word, uh, to be able to engage in some of those great resources that we've got out there for our kids. And, and here's what I want to leave us in as we now go into the week ahead. Uh, Ellison spoke about being clothed with joy. Uh, I pray for you. Uh, that as you step into the week, that you don't step in uh, with that sense of, of stress and anxiety and uncertainty, but instead you step in with a confident foot, knowing that you have been clothed in joy, that the Holy Spirit is at work in you, changing you, transforming you, and making you into the person that He long desires for you to be. That's the beauty of Easter. That's what we've been celebrating. And that's my prayer for you in the week ahead. God bless church. Can't wait to connect with you next week with Church Everywhere as we continue some of our thinking around what it is to be a church resurrected.